Hey folks, thanks for joining me for another episode of the Tenderloin Chronicles, and today I'm here with Tammy Jones, owner of Billy O'Neill's Pub in Eatery on the west side of Indianapolis. Tammy, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Rick. So tell us about Billy O'Neill's. Well, Billy O'Neill's is one of the oldest pubs in Indianapolis. It's been around about 25 years under a variety of different names. Um, it was Para Jacks at one time. It was... Um, Oh, I can't even think now. I just looked at it. Too. It was on a, on a, a, but a, a couple of different um, other names. And Billy O'Neill, uh, it's been Billy O'Neill's for about the last 10 years. And Billy O'Neill, um, Ben Davis fans will know, was the um, football coach at Ben Davis for a number of years and had quite winning seasons and those sorts of things. So one of the owners during that 25-year period, wanted to really do a kind of a shout-out to right. him. And since we sit right across from the high school, they thought that would be a great way to kind of honor him. And so they named it Billy O'Neill's. Um, the previous owner that I bought it from, he kept that name, as did I. I like it because I think it has the nice Irish right. tone right. to it. And, of course, um, we fancy ourselves an Irish pub. And other owners that have had it in the past, too, had um, either Irish and or English um, there's lots of signage and things like that right. from the past owners where they have soccer teams from Liverpool signage and um, other kinds of European uh, trinkets around. So, yeah. Very cool. Is Billy O'Neill still living, do you know? No, he has okay. passed away, but his daughter is um, alive and she comes in from time to time. Oh, that's really yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she it's, does. This pub has a very neighborhood feel to it. So, yes. are most of the people you draw locals? Yes, yes. Almost everybody that comes lives in the area and certainly um, the regulars, especially. Right. Um, we're trying as we uh, do our marketing and, you know, kind of expand that reach a little bit and get some other people in. But um, it, it very much is, especially from the bar side of things, it's very much like a, a cheers sort of atmosphere oh, yes, yes. where everybody knows your name and everybody knows everybody else and um, all the bartenders and um, myself, we know everybody by first name and what they drink and um, half the time you see them in the parking lot coming up and we already have their drink ready for them when they get in the door because we just know what they're going to order. Mm-hmm. One of the things I appreciate about the staff here is that even though we live... 45 or so minutes away. Uh, when we come in, we're not necessarily regulars just because of the distance, but we're, we're always made to feel like family here, and you've mm-hmm. got a great staff here. Thank you. Yeah, I think so, too. So let's talk tenderloins for okay. a minute. Okay. For those that follow my website uh, and social media, you know that this is one of my favorite tenderloins. It's in my top five of any I've had any place across the United States. What sets your tenderloin apart? You know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, um, because I know that the things that I thought would have set us apart, other folks do too, meaning we buy fresh um, pork loin, we hand cut it, we hand pound it. I think one of the things is that we, we, we get the thickness right. Because um, in my opinion anyway, and everybody of course has their own thoughts right, on this, right. but I, I think you and I are in the same boat where we, I like it thin enough, but not too thin. And I think what we've really strived for is is ratios, to have right. the right ratio of meat and breading and bun and condiments. It, it just has to be all in the right ratio. I see so many tenderloins, and it, it's, it's a wonderful picture when you see this plate-size tenderloin with a little teeny tiny bun sitting right, on the right. top. But it's like, well, when you eat that, though, that's, that's not going to obviously give you that, that ratio because you're not going to have a bun in, it, in every bite. Right. Um, and so that's, I think, what we really strive for is just to get those hit those ratios right. I, I think the thickness is key for me because when they're too thin, 
for me, backing up a little bit, food is a lot about texture. Mm-hmm. I like to taste a different texture. So when they're really, really thin, it's all one texture. But with yours, you've got the crunchiness of the breading and the firmness of the meat, and it all works really well together. Mm-hmm. And you're one of the few restaurants I have run across that offers tenderloins in two different sizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's probably because of... Um, women more than anything is like or light eaters you know it's like so much of the time when people are ordering tenderloins or they'll say i'd love to order a tenderloin but i can't eat that much and of course it's perfect for sharing but if the people you're with or person you're with doesn't want that then you know what are you going to do so um and it really is just as easy easy to make a five ounce and because you're we're making them 10 ounce so we're cutting them you just cut the one you cut in half and pound up two different but i agree with you you know and i think that a lot of our customers really appreciate that too i know i know that i do i'm a big guy and a hearty eater but there's a there's a limit (laughs) 10 ounces of meat is a lot (laughs) it is it is Mm -hmm. is is that the most popular item on your menu it absolutely is by far yeah um probably after that's our our burgers which i think again is not too surprising, you know, burgers just everywhere right, are, are right. quintessential favorites on all menus. But, um, yeah, our tenderloin um, is absolutely our best seller. And when people come in, um, they'll even say, uh, when we ask them how they heard about us, oh, I heard you had a great tenderloin, right. and I'm, I'm looking for a great tenderloin. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned burgers. Let's talk about some of the other things on your menu. Mm-hmm. I love your burgers. They've got the crispy edges mm-hmm. that are kind of reminiscent of a steak and shake type mm-hmm. burger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was coming here long before you bought Billy O'Neill's. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a customer for a long time. Uh, so this is the same menu, uh, the same burgers that carried over from the previous owner. Right, and it, it's funny that you bring that up because um, you know I have another restaurant, and mm-hmm. the burgers we do there are different in that they're the thick, more of a thick burger. Right, and so uh, I have several cooks that also work both places. So we were talking, and originally we we wanted to transition to the burger we were making at my other restaurant, and um, I, I thought it was going to have a riot. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> no, we want those crispy. Okay, okay. So, so that's what we do now. Um, just before the pandemic and everything hit, one of the menu changes that I was going to make is to offer both styles of mm-hmm. burger. And so, once we kind of get through this and we're up and running more at one hundred percent capacity, that is something we'll look at doing again because I think there are, you know, different different styles. Oh, sure. People, There's a market prefer- for both, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. I think the crispy edge, thinner crispy edge, is kind of in Indiana, Indianapolis, mm-hmm. especially kind of a thing. To your point about steak and shake and whatnot, but I also think that um, m- more modern burger approaches is a thicker it is, it burger is. that's kind of cooked to order right. done this wise right. and those sorts of things so we'd certainly like to be able to order uh, offer both and we probably will awesome when i think of the thick burgers i often think of flecky jakes that used to be around right. indianapolis mm-hmm. you probably and right. some of the listeners remember that um you have some really unique things on your menu uh you've transitioned to it feels like to me more of an irish feel than it was with, under the previous ownership um, I had Welsh rarebit for the first time mm-hmm. here just about, uh, well, just about a month before the pandemic, oh. pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always thought that was Welsh rabbit. Oh, and, and sometimes it is. It's actually rarebit, but it's also pronounced rabbit. Oh, I didn't And know. I okay. think what it is is that Irish brogue. So if you say rarebit, oh, sure. it kind of sounds like rabbit. So then some people call it rabbit. But yeah, so yeah. 
It, even though there's no rabbit in it, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. One I want to talk about that's a favorite of, of Holly and mine is a, uh, I would call it a shareable platter, mm -hmm. the plowman's platter. Tell us a little right. bit about that. Well, what I was trying to do with that is definitely sticking with the Irish theme. I'm a big fan of charcuterie boards, mm -hmm. but charcuterie is French right. as a name, and um, so that just didn't quite fit my, my theme. Um, but I, I visited Ireland, Scotland, and England many years ago, and I... Oddly, I really liked the food in the pubs and things, even though they're not really known for food in those right. particular areas. But one of the things that they do have is it's called a plowman's lunch. And a plowman's lunch is a, a, a roll mm -hmm. with um, meats and cheeses and then um, interesting kinds of condiments. It usually comes with a hard-boiled egg or a scotch egg, some apple slices, and pickles, always pickles, and um, different other kinds of um, vegetables. Right. It's rather like a, um, it's a sandwich, but they kind of deconstruct it on right. the plate. And so I thought, really, this is, is rather like that. So it's kind of a cross between a charcuterie board and the plowman's lunch, all set out on a board, again, deconstructed, so you do get the piece of, of bread and right. ham and bacon and cheeses and... Um, Apples, scotch eggs, and yeah. And I love the scotch eggs. And what kind of bread is that that you serve with that? It's a, it's just a baguette. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Really good. The plowman's platter. What else do you have on the menu here that you're especially proud of? Um, you know, I'm especially proud of the fact that we added those Irish items. That was the one thing that I really wanted to do. But interestingly enough, um, while they, they're starting to pick up and, and sell, people still kind of go more for the uh, bar food, you know, right. so the tenderloins and the, and burgers and um, onion rings and fries and those sorts of things. But, and, and now with the pandemic, we kind of had to streamline our oh, menu just because we can't keep that much inventory. And when you order commercially, everything you buy is in big quantities right. and you don't want it to go bad. So we don't have those Irish things on the menu right now. Of We're kind of sticking with those hamburgers, tenderloins, grilled cheese, those sorts of things. Uh, but I, I, I'm very proud of bringing, you know, like the um, salmon, right. um, for example, the plowman's platter, uh, many of those things, and it is catching on. People really are enjoying those those items. So we're looking forward to, again, getting back to 100% so we can get back to that and uh, add even more Irish things, Irish um, beers and different things kind of go along with good, it. Good, good. Let's talk about your, your beers and drinks for a minute. First of all, uh, this, this side that we're on right now is the mm -hmm. dining room, and that's family-friendly, if I am it, not mistaken. It absolutely is, okay. yes. Mm -hmm. And then you have an over-21 bar side on the other side. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about uh, the restaurant business in general. Specifically, first, before going into the restaurant business, you were in healthcare. I was. Yes. That's a huge change. Yes, I, I actually was in senior healthcare. Um, so um, nursing facilities, assisted living communities, mm -hmm. independent senior retirement homes, um, and I was in that business for thirty years. Um, that said, it was just kind of, you know, sometimes your career finds you instead of you finding your career. Right. I started in uh, working in a nursing facility up in LaPorte, Indiana, where I'm from originally, as a, a bookkeeper and got my administrator's license, ran facilities, and then ended up um, as uh, a regional manager and then finally a division vice president. 
where I was managing 70 buildings in seven, seven different states. You wow. know, I had administrators and regional managers right. that reported in. And it was, it was a very wonderful job, and I loved it. Um, but I always knew in the back of my mind that at some point I, I wanted to own a restaurant. And, of course, in that um, senior housing business, there is a whole food and beverage sure, component that we were managing. So um, what happened, though, was the company that I was working for, it was a publicly traded company, but it was purchased by a private investment firm. Mm. And when that private investment firm purchased it, they brought in their whole, gotcha. their own management team, right. and we all got let go. But we got let go with very nice severance packages. And so f- you find yourself uh, with no job and some extra money from that severance package, and um a dream in your heart, and you said, well, I guess this is the time in my life when this is when I should start this. So that's when I bought Audrey's. Mm-hmm. So what has restaurant ownership been like for you? You know, I love it. There's, um, I think the upside is what everybody thinks about from entrepreneurship in general is that you are your own boss. You don't have to satisfy anybody but yourself and your customers, and you don't have this upper, you know, this boss, if you right. will, that you're you're beholden to. Um, and with that also comes a lot more creativity. You don't have to do what the company says. You get to be the decider of what your menu is going to be like, what your um, theme is going to be, and how you're going to develop it, and all those sorts of things. And so the ability to do that and be very independent is wonderful absolutely love it the downside of it is you take all the risk on yourself oh of course so when you're working in a corporate environment even if you don't like all the decisions and everything else you do know you're going to get that paycheck every couple weeks right and and, you know you're going to be able to cash it and um, pay your bills and purchase the things that you want with being your own um, owner you know maybe you will maybe you won't you still have to pay all your vendors you still have to pay all your other people and you kind of pay yourself last so you know there's that risk associated with that but you know you just have to make good decisions and make sure that you're um um taking care of your business and that you do pay yourself last i think sometimes entrepreneurs get in trouble when they don't have that rule when they pay themselves first then they find themselves in in dire straits because oh, sure. they can't pay their bills and then right. they just go bankrupt and yeah and that's a problem but so far knock on wood so good <laughs> this if you can make it through this situation we've been through with the pandemic i think we can probably make it through just about anything yeah. so i think now uh are you allowed to be open at 50 percent capacity is well, that right we're actually at 75 mm-hmm. july 4th goes to 100 percent. correct uh-huh mm-hmm. so it's been a really challenging few months for mm-hmm. Uh, especially restaurants that don't have the power of a chain or a franchise behind them. Um, What's enabled you to survive with both of your restaurants? (laughs) Um, Honestly, the PPP loan. Okay. That's been the biggest thing, and I didn't get it in the first round like many small businesses did. Right. But we just jumped right on it. You know, I I had already filled out my application, and so I just kept calling my banker, and then we got it fairly early in the second round. I think I received the funds May 7th. Okay. So luckily for me, I had a line of credit with my bank, and I hadn't tapped into it, so... I basically financed between March 16th, I think is when we closed, to May 1st when I got the PPP money through that line of credit. Right. Um, because while you have some money in the bank, you're usually depending on, on your cash flow. I had a couple of weeks worth that that was it. And then, right. so thankfully my line of credit helped until I got the PPP loan and now I've gotten that. And that's really taken the pressure off. So. 
so going forward, as we as we look at reopening, um, I know that you have a good social media outreach and so on, but I think you would agree that the the biggest thing for restaurants is word of mouth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Happy customers. Mm-hmm. So, so how would you encourage people to help you out? You know, um, one of the things that's been both a, a blessing and a curse, I think, to restaurant owners is social media from the standpoint of um, reviews. Mm-hmm. And reviews are great and they're helpful and, you, you know, you certainly strive to have a good average review rating. Right. Um, but what I think is most difficult to deal with is somebody who doesn't tell you when they're in the restaurant that there's something about their meal or their service or their experience that they're not happy with, but then they go write a bad review. And I I would say the best thing is tell tell us when you're there. We'll fix it. We'll make it better. We'll do what we need to to make make you happy. Um, But it's really hard when somebody has a bad experience and doesn't let anybody know and then goes and writes a review. Um, you, You know, it's like, well, you didn't even give me a chance to fix it, right, you know, right. so I would say that's, you know, that's the main thing um, in any restaurant anywhere. Um, I think the other thing is just ask questions, and if you don't know whether you might like something, we always, at both my restaurants, if, you know, nine times out of ten, we'll, we'll let you taste something, right. you know, so I'd rather have you say, can I get a taste of, and we'll bring you out just a little, a little bite or two right. of something. Now, I can't necessarily do that with things like tenderloins or what have you because you've got to cook sure. the whole thing, but coleslaw, the plowman platter, uh, items and things like that, you can usually get a bite of those and, and then you can decide whether or not you, you know, you're going to like it. You know what? That's a great idea and something I had never really thought mm-hmm. of. So thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for mentioning that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk for a minute about your other restaurant, Cafe Cafe Audrey, Cafe on the Cafe. east side of Indianapolis. Right, it's on Fort Bend. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, how long have you had that? I've had that for seven seven years. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yes, yeah, so that's twenty fourteen, and um, um, I I got that. That's on Fort Bend, and it. It is a wonderful history, if you don't mind me kind of oh, sharing no, that out with you. It, the building that it's in, well, all the Fort Bend, you know, those are all the original Fort Bend buildings. Right. And they were all built right around 1903. What is now Cafe Audrey was originally the blacksmith shop on the original fort. Okay, that's very cool. It is very cool. It has, it's all original, like in the interior is still the raw brick. Now it's not insulated real well, so it can get a little chilly. We, we because it's an old building, we put around space heaters right. and things like that. But it, the um, character of the building is just beautiful, and I've got some great pictures, circa nineteen ten, with the mules lined oh, up to goodness. get shod, and the actual um, um, blacksmith right there with a mule, and you know, see the horses and everything else. So there's an enormous amount of history. Some of the guys that come in that were stationed at mm-hmm. Fort Bend, especially like from back in the 70s during the Vietnam era, they'll tell me that when they were there, the building was the um, uniform distribution building, and they would come there first before they did anything else to get their uniforms. And so it's got an enormous amount of history. Right around, right across the parking lot um, is another building, and it you can tell it's been bricked in, but where the new brick is, you can see it's where the ho- it's the horse stalls, and it was oh where the horse's goodness. head right. would come out. That's been all bricked in, and so there's lots of offices and a whole little. They call it Lawrence Village is popping up there, and the city of Lawrence has been uh, very supportive. Um, their their arts council um, has we worked closely with them. They have a um, theater mm-hmm. now, uh, and we work closely with them. We advertise in their brochure. We're trying to work out maybe some kind of a um, 
show and a meal kind of deal oh, that, that we might put great. together. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's so much going on in Lawrence. They're they're look they built a lot of new housing. There's, oh, of course, um, yes. David Weekly has a big um, urban home home development out there, and there's an apartment complex, very high end apartment complex. They're looking at putting in a, a hotel. So it's it's kind of sco- shaping up to be a a little like a kind of like a newer broad ripple kind of area where there will be it'll have an urban vibe with lots of different very much a destination yeah. you know uh-huh. there's a right. lot of dining options there now mm-hmm. they've there's the new Giacomo's that's just been there probably a year and a half or so right um a so years, yeah. uh cafe I don't know why I keep saying coffee yeah. <laughs> <laughs> folks I am not that classy <laughs> believe me I am not that classy so tell me where Billy O'Neill's is located it's at 7445 West 10th Street and we're right at the corner of uh, West 10th and Girls School Road in a strip mall, and we're on the west end of the strip mall. Okay, and I think this is called the Chapel Hill neighborhood. Chapel Hill, that's yeah. right. And it's Chapel Hill sh- uh, Shopping Center, okay. too. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and how about Cafe Audrey? Cafe Audrey's at 9134 Otis Avenue. We're just um, one block north um, off of Post Road from 56, so we're a block north of 56th just off post road. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk much about the menu at Cafe Audrey. What, what kind of food do you serve? Uh, we serve breakfast and lunch there, and we're probably more known for our breakfast, although I do have a tenderloin there, too. And Ooh. you might imagine it's just about the same as here. <laughs> um, so it's Can a very you get a good tenderloin, tenderloin there. there. You know, I don't have a breakfast tenderloin, but that's a great idea. I should do that. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot of breakfast. And the, the one thing we probably are known for is that we offer our breakfast. Um, all through the day. Okay. Now we're only open from seven in the morning till three in the afternoon. But again, anytime you can get breakfast, and we have a wide variety of um, omelets. We have great griddle items. Probably my well-known items there are. Um, I have a cinnamon roll pancake that everybody mm. is to die for. Yeah. <laughs> it has cream cheese icing on it. Sounds it sounds very and, healthy. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> not that, but I do have some healthy items too. I have a um, um, superfood omelet that everybody raves about and it's made with egg whites it doesn't even sound like it would be good but it's delicious it's egg whites and then it has a superfood um filling that is made up of kale broccoli um red cabbage um, oh my goodness shaved brussels sprouts and it sounds like that wouldn't but it's a great combination um sauteed in there and then you know you can get your um we have our our potatoes are kind of another thing that uh, we're known for because they're fresh potatoes not a frozen potato product. They're fresh potatoes that are sliced every day and then cooked on the grill, like old-fashioned fried Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. That sounds fantastic. So if folks want to find out about Billy O'Neill's or uh, Cafe Audrey, where will they go? Well, we... Both of them have websites. Um, Cafe Audrey is www.cafeaudreyatfortben.com. And Billy O'Neill's is www.billyoneillspub.com. Uh, I have Facebook pages for both of them. You can just look them up through just putting in Cafe right. Audrey or Billy O'Neill's. Um, Instagram, same thing. Um, I don't have Twitter accounts. but okay. um, But, yeah. So, the, website, the uh, mm-hmm. and I'll... Link those in the show description. Okay. Uh, website, Twitter, or website, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook. So, mm-hmm. very good. Well, thank you so much for taking time. This has thank been you. great fun. Thank you. I've enjoyed it too. It's great to see you again. Yes, good to see you, and we will see you soon. Okay, thanks, Rick.